Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Camp Benny's on oysters, about however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame. Uh, the reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them. Because if you break the record, everybody with you eats free. Now here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Thursday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman, and producing the Outdoor Show this morning is Jake. Our sponsor today is Boyd's One Stop. All right, weather. Galveston, 64 down on the island this morning. A uh, little bit breezy, kind of a southwest wind this morning, south-southwest. And it, uh, today they're calling uh, for mostly cloudy, uh, high of 68, south-southwest winds 15 to 25 with higher wind gusts. And then tonight, a few clouds, low of 59. Southwest winds will be shifting to the northwest, a little front coming in. Not much, you know, as far as temperatures, but uh, northwest winds 10 to 20. And then for tomorrow, sunny skies with a high of 69. North winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. So uh, another little front rolling through. And uh, no no rain, though. That's good. That's a good thing. All right, looking at uh, tides for today, these are Galveston Channel tide predictions. We're sitting on a high right now, but our next tide is a low at 9.11 a.m. It's a negative 0.5, then a high at 5.31 p.m., a 1.0, and then a low at 9.25 p.m., an 0.9. 6.52 a.m. is sunrise, 6.13 p.m. sunset, and our moon phase, 93%. Our two full moons will be Saturday and Sunday night. All right, looking at the current conditions right now, Galveston Channel at south-southwest at 8, gusting to 14. Water temp is 60 degrees, air temperature 65. Eagle Point at 71 degrees with 62-degree water. South-southwest winds 16 to 21. And at Morgan's Point, 
I have no uh, air temperature this morning. I'm going to say it's around 63 with 61-degree water, a south wind at 11 to 16. Barometric pressure is steady at 29.91 inches and holding. All right, that does it for the weather and the tides and everything. Hope everybody's had a beautiful week. What a nice weather week it has been, without a doubt. Spring may be here. That old groundhog may have been right. All right, well, let's run over to... uh, the Golden Triangle area at Sabine Lake, and check in with Captain Bill Watkins. See what's up with him this morning. Bill, good morning. What's up? Good morning, buddy. How you, you doing? You know, I, uh, I I guess I I'm all right. I think, but I I guess I let old Puxatoni Phil get right by me with that groundhog thing. Yeah, they've already done that, haven't they? Looks like yeah, you know, yeah. You may, that was February the second. That was twenty days ago, man. World. Where have you been, boy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of hurt myself a little bit. I, <laughs> I had had a uh, illness. Then I come off of that and had a reaction to some of the pills I was taking. And then I my face swelled up. And then I Good tore my rotator cuff a little bit in my right arm. So oh, kind of man. been just kind of dragging butt around here at the house for a few days. <laughs> Is that the one you uh, had surgery on a few years ago? Uh, yes, and uh, I threw an ice bag in the boat, and I threw it a little bit wrong, and oh, snapped Bill. Right there. So I got to go see the surgeon on uh, Monday morning, and uh, but it, it's getting better. So I think maybe. This one, I might get by this one. I don't know. You know, you know, when you that get, time, when you get older, what was it in 2021 when we had the, you know, that big freeze? I'd pulled up to some uh, fuel pumps to gas up my truck, and I got out of the truck, stuck it in there, got back in the truck because it was so cold. And then uh, I went to get back out, and my feet went out from under me, and I came down on my left elbow and left shoulder and hit my running boards and in the concrete and oh you know i neglected i was i was afraid to go to the doctor and get it x-rayed i said man i can get through this and uh it took about a year and a half for that to go away but i got through it now i got full motion everything with that left shoulder well, thank god i didn't have to go through that cuff surgery like you guys did it's the oh, absolute man. worst terrible absolutely the worst I'm telling you, I I don't know if uh, he'll suggest surgery, but it's it's slowly getting better and better. Um, yeah, you just got to watch maybe. out, man. What you do? But I'm having to cast left-handed. <laughs> That's kind of mm. weird. But I learned yeah, how to that do is. that the last time, and uh, I got really versatile. But the problem is, I can't play redfish right now. Oh, so, yeah. Got that one, takes a lot of pressure pushing up. that knife through oh. those fish, yeah. Yeah, it's it that muscle. Well. Uh, I got some guys wanting to come Saturday, and I said, hey, we'll do it, but I can't fillet redfish. <laughs> we'll just, uh, he said, hey, I know how to fillet fish. Just put me on them. I said, okay, good. Be Best good thing to do with redfish, just don't keep them. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's a good plan. You know, every once in a while, I'll... I'll annihilate one so I, you know, have a half-shell redfish dinner or something, but most part I turn them back. Maybe that's why there's so many of them. We don't, a lot of people don't keep them. Well, I figure at least, 
that at least 35% of people are fishing me like them. So, yeah. you know, it's just, I just have to fly somewhere once in a while. But right now, I'm kind of broke down and ain't going to happen. Limping. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm Life like, of a guide, I'm, limping all the time. I can still run the boat and do all that, drive the truck. So, you know, but if I have to have surgery, Ugh. I'll have to cancel a few trips. You know, I'm stacking them up in March. Everybody's wanting to go all of a sudden. You know, it's warm. Yeah, up. even my phone started ringing this week with all this fair weather, fair weather fishermen. Sun comes there out, it go. warms up a little bit, and boy, the phone goes to ringing. That's exactly what happens, I, and I don't mind that. Anyway, my uh, my uh, physical health is kind of unknown right now, but I bet you Saturday morning. Well, we've all known water. about your mental health for all these years, so that's no oh, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a, exactly just right. a fishing fool, man. What are you stupid or something? Hey. Yeah, I'm obsessed with fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it is an obsession, buddy. It really is. Got, uh, there, there's a few trap being caught around. Uh, well, good. Uh, a friend of mine went and caught three real nice trout, uh, you know, 18, 19 inches. Uh, then he shifted locations and didn't find anything after that. But he at least had him a starting spot. Right. <laughs> but uh, I haven't been to a lot of the spots I, since I got sick and all of that. I've been... Good grief, I've been two weeks sick. And That's uh, what happened to I me, did. man. I've had that for about uh seven or eight days now. I'm I'm better now, but Sunday I didn't I didn't think I was gonna get through this show. I was coughing so much. My hand was on the oh, cough button more than it was on the mic. Man. <laughs> I know. I know how that is. Man. That crud was going around of just uh a lot of people getting it, but I'm out of it. Yeah, I'm, not a, I'm on not the good side of it anyway. But I know what you mean about the weakness, you know. Oh yeah, I might have had a reaction to the medication I was taking. It uh, caused me to have some kind of uh, thrush or yeast infection or something that swelled my face all up, swelled crazy. my throat up. Oh, it was crazy. And I'm just halfway getting past all that, so you know, it unfortunately. There's light at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> but anyway, this fellow, this fellow did catch. Uh, he caught three nice trout at the first stop, and uh, they were. He caught them on soft plastics, and uh, but I have not, I have not been out there to to wing those mullet suspension baits like I wanted to. Yeah, I just had to give it up for a couple of weeks and stop. But, uh, there's there's going to be fish to catch, and here's what will happen. It, they'll gel in a certain area. They'll meet where the tide, incoming tide, puts enough salt to hold the bait fish in there and probably be in the lower end of the system somewhere, you know. And they'll those fish will hang in that area and hang in that area, and they'll be there. And yeah, they're, they're just getting there now. All that fresh water come with a, a big raging blast, and it's gonna push them, push them, push them, 
and when they get to where they finally need to be, where the salinity is right and the bait's there, everybody starts congregating, and it'll be on like a chicken bone. So, yeah, the water up my way starting to, you know, kind of turn over and come back with the low tides yeah. and the high tides, and just you know mixing that salinity up in there, so it won't be long. And I don't see no. any bad rain forecast in the near future, next ten or fourteen days. So that's encouraging. Yeah, we need to need the river levels to drop a little bit, um, but it doesn't matter. They're still gonna they're still gonna be pushed to a certain point right. where they get where they need to be. And uh, there was a a phenomenon out there uh, the last couple of weeks when I went out. I uh, I witnessed a phenomenon of some kind of sand eels or sandworms, and right. the birds were picking them like crazy. Sand eels, two yep. and a half, two and a half to three inch little pinkish looking worms, mm-hmm. and it looked like sand eels to me. And uh, man, they were picking them and picking them, and uh, they were in that general area where we used. You know, to and that may be. Those worms, I used to see them in West Bay this time of year. They'd come off the oyster beds, yeah. and they were kind of that pinkish looking. Usually the sand eel's kind of a dark or a dark brown, even yeah. blackish yeah, looking. Are. But uh, what did that guy tell us? is that He called them oyster worms. But uh, we'd see that, and birds would be working them like crazy, and you'd pull in there to fish. You could tell there was, you just didn't catch fish under them. You know, no. false alarm thing, and uh, but I, I remember that when that water gets, you know, gets up around that sixty degree mark, and stays there for a week or two, then they start popping out of those oyster shells. Oh, that's what over that the reefs. was. Yeah, you were probably was over shell when that was happening. Yeah, oh, yeah, tons of them. Yeah. And birds are just eating them and eating them and eating them. So that was a kind of a, a phenomenon that you don't usually see, but right. If you if you stay out there long enough, you see all kind of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm sure fish would eat those things. I'm sure oh, they do. No doubt, in my mind. Yeah. That but many of them in the water. I mean, that's like fishing an acre of shad, trying to get trout and reds to bite under those shad when they're just yeah. gorging on them. Well, I've been through that before too. Yeah, too much bait in the water. Oh yeah. <laughs> But we can think of all kinds of excuses why we didn't catch fish. Well, sure. That's part of the game you yeah. got to play. That's part of being a guide. you got to keep your That's customers, right. you know, baffle them a little bit where you can uh, keep them confident. <laughs> Just keep chunking. They'll start feeding here sooner or later, folks. <laughs> yeah. Move on and down the road. they will. <laughs> That's exactly right. Let me knock this break out, Bill. Hold on, man. I'll be right back with you, buddy. All right. right. It's time for a break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. He tried forgetting, but he knows that it's no use. He's got a good-hearted memory. It won't let him see that she walked out the door. He's got a good-hearted memory. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Thursday morning. It's 4. 17 here in the Bayou City. All right, Bill, we are back, my friend. All right, I'm here with you, buddy. All right. Well, well, what I think that uh, we just need about another week or two um, to get things to settle down a little bit. 
Uh, it's going to happen, and we'll start catching fish again. Yeah. And we had, we did have fish on the very far south back in uh, December. There were some fish down in Sabine Pass, trout. Mm-hmm. There's always a few redfish around. Right. right now, they're catching a lot of redfish and drum and, and uh, sheephead out on the jetty. Yeah, it's if sheep you can season get out right there. now. Boy, them sheephead. It's are, sheep season. Yeah. Boy, they are. They're gnawing, and uh, the drum run, man, it, it ought to be kicking in any day now with these water temps holding where they've been for a while. Oh, yeah, it, it should be on like a chicken bone. Yeah. And uh, I believe a fella could take some dead shrimp on a Carolina rig and go around Sabine Lake and find shell beds and probably catch a lot of drum and, you know, maybe some good redfish, too. They'll sure bite dead shrimp this time of year. (laughs) Big old old suckers, they'll chomp it. Uh, But, you know, and I have heard... I've had heard some people going and doing that. So. Right. Uh, it's, it's it's salty enough for a for a drum and a sheephead here and there. But I think well, I got an exact still, definition of those worms you're talking about. They're called right. mud blister worms. Mud blister worms. <laughs> mud blister worms. Oh well. <laughs> so how big do they get? Well, he didn't say Vaughn, my plumber, but our plumber buddy, he. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> he's a researcher, man. <laughs> he's on it. Well, somebody, one of us needs to be. <laughs> hey, that sounds better than the the terminology I had for it. I just know it uh, yeah. happens every spring, and uh, where there's a lot of a lot of oyster shell, and hey, it sounds good to me. I, I think I'll roll with that one. Mud blister worms. Yep. Mud blister worms. I, so so okay. come on by and buy your blister pack of mud blister worms. <laughs> Great for catching speckled trout. There ain't no doubt that they'd eat those things. Oh, yeah. If, they, if there was any fish around to eat them. Yeah. It, uh, you know, you, you put a bait in front of a feeding speckled trout, you, you're on a lot of fish. You're going to catch them on just about anything. We've, we've seen true. that over the years. Drop it in front of them, they'll bite it. Yeah, they will. They're not that hard to catch it. unless they're not no. biting or there's not any of them. But if you're on a lot of them and they're biting, they're very easy to catch, no matter what bait you yeah. throw. Rule number one in fishing, fish where the fish are. That's and exactly you, right. you got a chance to catch them one after that. I never and had much think... luck catching them where they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, you might pick up a straggler every once in a while. Every once in a while, old straggler. Well, that's that's uh, finding fish is half the game. Well, no, it's more than that. It's seventy five percent of the game. Yeah, and then you can do all kind of stupid stuff after that, and still catch a mess of fish. You know, you can make all kind of mistakes, and if you're on the fish, you'll you'll catch. So you know. One of my old guide friends one time told me, he said, well, Bill, we make it look easy, but it's not. So people go out and they think that it's easy and they buy a $100,000 boat and start fishing and they can't figure it out. And they, they have a bunch of water hogs. And then finally, if they're 
if they're adept, they keep on climbing until they climb over the hill and they start figuring it out. But, you know, just knowing how to catch fish with a rod and reel is not the whole game. You've got to be able to figure out where those fish are going to be given water conditions and tide conditions and the whole thing. Where's the fresh water? How much fresh water? And dipping a salinity tester in the lake is not really what you need to do. You, you keep no, riding around and taking fresh water salinity. on top. It's supported by the salt water. It's pushed up. So yeah, just so because the water is pure fresh on top where you're at doesn't mean it's not salty on the bottom or half of the column, no. you know. You, you know, a gearhead can spend all of his day going around taking salinity <laughs> readings in the lake. And uh, I, I just reach down and pick up some water and taste of it. And if it's got a little salt taste to it, there might be some fish there. That's that's how we do it. And fishing dirty water, trout will bite in dirty water. You've just yeah, got to find them first. Yeah. Make believe it's clear and cast at it. And then you, you know, try to have confidence in what you're doing. But this time of year, I, I spend most of my time on the lower half of the system. And uh, it's just, that's where they're going to be. Now, you might get some in some pockets up there. But, you know, I had a, a young guide friend of mine call me the other day and said, I went all the way to Coffee Ground and fished all the way down to Willabao. And didn't get a bite. I said, "Well, that pretty well tells me that they weren't there because he's a good fisherman." Yeah, you know, but they're off out there in the middle of the lake somewhere, just drifting around, or got their nose in the mud, or whatever it is that little trout do when they they hang out. I mean, if there's no bait around, they're not going to work themselves to death trying to feed. Yeah, and in this time of year, when you got a shoreline that's all trashed out with muddy fresh water and everything for right now, I mean, if you get a predominant wind, you know, for several days and it's blowing hard off that shoreline, it's going to push that fresh water off of it, and these tides are going to bring fishable, clean water in behind them. Yeah. And, you know, this time of year in the spring, you find those clear strips like that surrounded by fresh water. I mean, every trout in the world can be in that clear strip. We've seen that a million times, and boy, you can you can lace them out. Yeah, that's exactly what. That's how you do it. You just ride until you find better water. Yes, and uh, there will be some water that's pushed up in in the marsh on the high tide. It'll show, especially when you get into the spring bull tides. Oh yeah, it's going to start shoving. It shoves water way back up into the marsh. Well, and it cleans and up. It cleans up. That filters it out, and then when it starts back out, out going, then you've got buddy. a chance. The fish will either come in off the lake and and meet that water, and look for something to eat, or they'll be all the way up the bigger bios, and they'll come back out on the falling tide and distribute down the shorelines. That's it. They'll use those tidal exchanges to their advantage, you know, on ambush they and bait and everything do. else. That's why, you know, points near drains and drains and things like that this time of year are very critical to finding yeah, good numbers of fish, you know. 
fish yeah, grains you, on out going tide. Well, fish them on the incoming, too, if the tide's low, set up on it, because they'll go back in there with the tide. They'll come off flats and yeah. follow that tide up into the marsh again. I've seen trout go up the bigger bios at night. Mm-hmm. They'll come in on the flood tide, and at dawn, it might start out. And when it starts out, those fish will, wherever they are at that point in that bow, they'll start going back the other way. And by 8, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, they'll be back out in the lake. Yeah, they'll be all they'll, over the surrounding move, flats. They'll move two or three miles. Sure. They'll be up in there feeding, and then they'll come back out. And uh, that's, how, that's how they shift around. And you come back through there at noon, and you think there'd be fish there still in the bow. No, they're gone. They've already moved out with that falling tide. Right. So they move in on, a, on an incoming and move out. They do the same thing on the beachfront. They come right. up on the flood tide in the, at dawn in the morning. They'll fiddle around, fiddle around, and then as soon as that sun gets up a little bit, they start backing out. Right. And the tide starts falling, and they fall right back out offshore with it and scatter. And then it's hard to find them. The timing has to be right on lots of things. Timing is uh, everything. Timing is everything. Timing, brother. Yep. What color lured? What time? Yeah. Don't want to know where. I just want to know what time and what color lure. I'm going fishing. (laughs) <laughs> and tell me how deep how deep did you catch yeah how deep how deep if you if you never told me anything but how deep you caught them i could figure it out from there oh yeah uh, and and bass fishing's the same way what depth just and answer me this what depth did you catch the fish well i caught them at 10 feet on a ledge that's all i need to know i can reproduce that somewhere and at least have a starting point. And then when you factor tides in there, that's all. That's a whole new game. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, when I first started, I had a little bit of difficulty figuring that out. But just uh, you just be observant. And don't think you know it all, because you don't. You don't ever know it all. But you'll get into a pattern where you can actually... Look at the water and see which way it's moving, and ride around out there a little bit, and you'll feel it. You'll start to see in your mind's eye what what you need to do, and then you just go accordingly. And uh, as you go along and fish long, longer and longer, you make fewer mistakes. And not that you won't make one every once in a while, but you'll make a whole lot. Well, less. that's. You know, shallow water, we all know it's so much easier to catch fish in shallow water. I think that's where the guys down south have such an advantage over us. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're fishing, I mean, the deepest water you have is four or five feet deep. I mean, goodness, if there's trout swimming around in any of that depth or even shallower, any lure you throw is going to draw more strikes because the water column's shallower. And when you get up here and then you start getting in, all this water from two to ten feet deep, the strike zone is, boy, it shrinks big time. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, boy, does it ever. It shrinks. And then just think with bass fishermen, you're, you're talking 20, 30, and 40 feet 
when those fish are yeah. deep, they're so hard, so much harder to catch. That's why structure is so important to them. But, well, when they pull up on the banks, <laughs> they go shallow. That's when they get real vulnerable. Everybody can that's pop them. They that's right. Same goes with what yeah. we do. You know, <laughs> if those fish are inside of five feet of water, they're so much easier to catch than if they're out yeah. there in that, you know, seven, eight, and ten feet of water. Way easier. Yeah, and then when when you throw the, the murky water off color water into that mix. It you multiplies know, you got, big time. Got, it's way more difficult. Way more difficult. So basically what we need right now is for the fish to be somewhere off the shorelines and working up and down those shorelines feeding. Exactly. And that'll start real quick. And then you'll have several options. They're fishing those big, deep reefs off uh, out in the middle of the deeper part of the lake, you know, 15, right. 16 feet, that's difficult right now. Very difficult. Hard to, hard to figure those fish out. You know, unless they're they really stacked like there. cordwood, you know. Yeah, that's right. And you, you'll have to get your timing right. You know, sometimes they'll move up and feed on a shallow reef right at the peak of the high tide. When it starts slowing down and starts idling, that's when you get them to move up on certain spots. And then when it's running out, when it starts out, you have to shift your position and fish the drains where they're coming off the flats and going into the drains and filtering back out in the middle of those reefs. That's That's another trick yeah plus the current use that to your advantage because it's moving the bait with it and the trout are going to react to that they're going to go to the bait and That's get the right. current over you know on the back side of drop-offs or whatever and let the current bring the bait to them to their ambush point you know they'll uh they'll sit there at an ambush point and just wait on the tide to bring the bait to them yep and feed accordingly they do it kind of like us they're very good know. at what they do they're yeah. very op- opportunistic. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. And even though they may be falling off the flats with the tide, they're usually seeking drains that are a little bit deeper, and they're, they're following that with the tide. But if they find bait, they're going to turn around into the current and feed. And that's, that's just how it is. That's how they travel. Right. Pretty neat stuff. It is. Just don't make it too complicated. <laughs> Just use, <laughs> if you let all that run through your head and you're trying to apply all of it at one time, that'll confuse you so bad you won't be able to catch fish. Just, you know, it's not rocket science. Yeah, don't, Just, don't, you know. don't be riding around the lake taking salinity readings with your cute little That's salinity it. tester. Just put that thing up and go fishing. Fish the bait. try to anticipate Fish the bait this time of year. Wherever you can find some mullet, you're you're most likely going to have fish in that area. Just fish it out there. There you go. There you go. If you can't see any bait, fish the best. (laughs) (laughs) Just fish the best place you can anticipate that they'll be. If you don't see any bait, and usually when it warms up a little bit during the middle of the day, you start seeing those little mullet flip. Yeah, they'll start flipping. You've got a chance to catch a fish right there. Yes. Yeah, because, uh, you know, the fish aren't going to be too far from the bait. 
I mean, if you're fishing an area and it's dead everywhere and all of a sudden you find a, you know, a 100, 200 yard stretch there, it's got some mullet flipping in it, there's fish there. They're not going to be back there in that dead water you were fishing. They're going to be, they're going to react to that bait. If you don't catch them under the bait, move out a little deeper. Those uh, fish may have pushed that bait in a little shallow and they're just laying out deep waiting for ambush time. Try, try all you can. All right, Bill. Well, I got to run. If somebody wants to call you about coming over and hooking up, how do they get a hold of you? 409-673-9211. Or fishsabinelake.com. All right, buddy. Well, you have a good day. Rest that shoulder, brother. Yeah, I've got to get back out there in it. Ice pads and knee pads. (laughs) All right, man. (laughs) Later. All right. All right, that's Captain Bill Watkins over at Sabine Lake. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these messages. We're back up in the country, back in the hills, down in the hollows where the folks are real, living with the crazies and the old wildcats, sawed-off shotguns and coonskin Let's go back in the hollers. Over in the Conroe area and check in with Mr. Richard Totch, the fish dude. See if he survived that fishing show. Richard, what's up, man? Not a lot, Mickey, not a lot. I did make it, but, uh, man, I got that show crud, too. So There you go. Hey, everybody I know that went there is sick right now. That's crazy. I'll tell you what, I ain't, I'm i finally clearing up today. You hey, know, Lynn Smith couldn't even talk to me Sunday morning. You know, usually we um, do a whole hour together, you know, talking about right. hunting and fishing and, you know, the whole nine yards, the whole spill. Yeah. He, he barely made it through a segment. I had let him go. He he sounded like he's died. I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's pretty rough. I'll tell you what, it's the dangest thing I've, I've seen. I, I lost my voice for sure and, you know, got it back. But, <laughs> man, you talk about miserable. It's, I've been miserable all dang week. But that's all right. That's all right. Today's the first day. I can get on the water, so it's uh, it's that Brandon. Today's the first on. day I've really felt good, you know, yeah, felt like dark. myself. I mean, I was. That's why I didn't come in there. I started coming down with it on. Uh, I didn't feel good Wednesday. I was going to yeah. come in. I said, "Man, I'm gonna hold off and maybe go tomorrow." Then Thursday, I started feeling worse, and then, well, that's no. how. That's how bad it was. I didn't even have to go to the show to catch it. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. It reached out and touched you, didn't it? Yeah, it did. See, yeah, see that Brandon Belt's going on this weekend on Conroe. So That's I had right. To stay, I had to stay off the water all week. So today's the first official practice day. And uh, so, and I hadn't been on the water since last Tuesday, and that's, that's killing me, you know. But with all that pretty weather and and I mean, I know that water temperature is up. We got everything happening. Yes. So I get to get out there today and see what them rascals are doing. Well, Plus, I'm gonna wish you good luck, and I think your luck's going to change in this one right here. Even though it's your home waters, that's usually the kiss of death. But uh, it, it I think is. you're going to do pretty good, man. I hope I do all right. I mean, that's that's the thing. I just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to get out there and do what I do. You know, that's well, that's you're hungry now. Right You've been off the water for a while, so uh, I know. Eager beaver. I guarantee you, but I'll tell you what, that, uh, did you see where they, they DQ'd one of them, uh, sharing lockers the other day? No, I didn't see it. I didn't get a a hit on it. 
thirteen point two pounder. I don't know. I don't remember who caught it or where it was caught at, but they uh, DQ'd it because the fella his his fishing license had expired. So oh, they, that's a bonehead move right there. Did he get a ticket? <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. You wow. know, because it's it's you know it's one of those things where you know that especially entering the Sierra Lunker program, those licenses. That's what it does. It helps assist in and paying for all the stuff for that. So exactly, you know, you know, and that's that's uh, one of the things, one of the main requirements. I mean, if you're a real fisherman, how do you let your fishing license expire? I understand. I trust. I mean, you, seriously, I think about that. And, and well, just think about it. I mean, it's typically everybody's going to get them in August or September, right? Yes, it's, it's February. You can go online and get it. It's as simple as one, two, three, boom, you got one. I mean, it's amazing, but it's, uh, you know, some people just either don't think about it or just try to try to cut corners and, and, uh, it doesn't work that way. So that's, uh, I read that yesterday. I'm going, man, that, that's that unreal. Of, I've heard a lot be, that that takes a cake right there, buddy. It, it really does. It really does. <laughs> I mean, have a, have a Sharon Lucker going into the program and then they, then, but he, you know, one thing about it is he admitted it. He didn't, he wasn't trying to hide it. He admitted, that, hey, my, my license had expired. So it's, uh, you know, yeah, for the last, uh, well, six months. But, I mean, that's yeah. six months expired. Exactly. That's exactly right. I had to you think know, about that. Granted, that minute. My, I got brain fog this morning. <laughs> I, I heard that. I heard that. But, you know, it, you know, he could have actually had one of those year-to-date ones, too. So sometimes people buy them, like, in the middle of the year, and, and then uh, yeah, you can continue to, on that particular month, get them instead of, you know, August 31, having to get a new one. So there's no telling what the circumstances were behind it because I know several people that say they don't even start fishing until, you know, the, the uh, early spring or late winter, and they'll say, oh, I need to get my license. They go get it, say, December, and, uh, you know, they get just a year to date. That way they get the full 12 months out of it and and just forget, you know. But, you know, that's, that's why I always stick with the old traditional, August 31, I got my new one. There's no doubt because it's uh, and I usually do it 15 days before that because that's that's when you can get it. So about the middle of August, I go get my go get my new license, everything, and I'm ready to roll till the next year. That way, I know every single year this is what I do, and I've been doing it for so long now. It's, it's uh, yeah, you know, it's just not common nature, you know, but it's. You know, I, I just hate I hate to hear it for the old boy, but man, he's got to, that's part of the game. I mean, you got to do it. You got to got to pay attention to your license and stuff stuff like that. And if you want to if you want to get out there and do, you know, get in that program. I mean, it's just hard to hard to say. You know, fish a fish of a lifetime, and you got you got disqualified because of no fishing license. But that's you know that's nothing. I've had a. Years and years ago, they had a McDonald's Big Bass tournament on Lake Conroe. And a friend of mine and his son, his son, I think, was about 13 or 14 years old. And they, it was, that McDonald's deal was was in uh, August. And he had caught a 10-pound-something bass and went and waited in, had the tournament won, and looked at the stickers on the side of his boat, and they were expired. 
And he said, I know I, I, know I told my wife to mail those in. And they gave him every opportunity to prove that he had mailed it in and they were on the way or, you know, the canceled check or something like that. Right. Couldn't, couldn't do it. So they DQ'd him for that. So mm-hmm. his son got a valuable lesson in that, you know, because they had it won. I mean, it was it was theirs for the taking. Just the stickers on the side of the boat were expired. So when it comes to passing a polygraph, you can't do it. You know, you got to, because one of the questions they ask is, have you abided by all state laws? And that's yes. one of them, you know, so. If you don't, you don't abide by all the state laws, then you're you're in a bind, and that's that's exactly what caught up to them. So that's you know it's funny how you how you see little little things like that will get people in trouble because they you know a lot a lot of people don't fish like we do all the time. You know they'll fish once a month, once every six months, stuff like that. And they don't think about it, you know. But but it's. Uh, that's one of those deals. That just Man, blows my it. mind, though. A guy that bass fishes, you know, he does it a lot. I if know. he's that good to be fortunate enough to catch a lunker. And I know. Maybe it was just one of those blind luck uh, deals. I, Who knows, you know. It, Sometimes it's it better been, to be I mean, lucky than good. And Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> but it's, you're, I mean, you're right. It just kind of, when I read it, I'm going, man, you got to be kidding me. That's, I mean, that's just one of the, one of the simplest things to, you know, if it, because you, you want to do that before you even get out there on the water. You don't want to, you don't want to get out there and say, oh man, I ain't got my license. Well, because, you know, and then a lot of people years ago, I mean, that's one thing I wish I'd have done years ago. It's got a lifetime license when they were 300 bucks. You know, nowadays I don't know how much to run anymore, but a lifetime license last I checked was around 1500. So it's. You know, one of those things where you could, you know, if if you're young enough, it pays for itself. Yeah, when you're 18 years old, yeah, get it. That's what oh, the yeah. investment, if you're going to be a fisherman all your life. But, you know, you're our age. That's ridiculous. You're right. You're right. I just, yeah, because I'll never pay for it, you know. No. But, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's I don't know. I, I just, I just can't believe people could do that. But they do it. I mean, people That's are a mind forgetting. blower. Yes, uh, it is. Mm. There, there ain't no doubt. I mean, good night. But it's uh, the show was the show was pretty dang good though. As long as like I say, I didn't get that crud. It is all the show was pretty good. I had a good time. Talked too much, like always. And uh, you know that last that last seminar I did on Sunday, I I kept listening to you trying to reserve that voice. It just didn't work. Yeah, I tell you what, that voice was just about gone Sunday, so it was it was all good. I got I got to, got to get out there and, and run my head. That's the main thing, you know. And, and those, well, that's and a lot those of, why a lot of people our age don't go to those shows anymore because they get sick every time. You know, I know a lot of guys my age. It just, I mean, when you get up our age and you never know, <laughs> you, you get some kind of bug, it can take you down. Good end your life. Yeah. You just don't know, man. I know, and that's that's kind of got you know. After this one, it's kind of got me thinking, but yeah, but we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see. It's, I always my problem is I love getting out there and talking to everybody. You know, that's that's the biggest thing. So, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it works out. I got you. It's, All right, Richard. Well, hey man, good luck pre fishing today. I'll talk to you Saturday morning and uh, hope everything goes your way. If somebody wants to call you about fishing with you, give them some info, my friend. All right, Mickey, we'll get in touch with me at 
661-7920. You can find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish Dudes Guide Service. You can email me at admin at fishdudetx.com or just check out the webpage, fishdudetx.com. All right, buddy. Well, you have a good one, and uh, get the feeling better. Don't overdo it. Oh, yes, sir. You All know right, it. bud. Have fun. Later, man. All right. That's the fish dude up on Conroy. Let's run up to Lake, uh, I mean, to run down to Matagorda and check in with Captain Charlie P. Charlie Paradoski, good morning, my friend. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good, man. What's up with you? Oh, not much. Not much. It's, uh, hell, I'm just glad I didn't go to that show and catch that bug like everybody else has got. Golly. I didn't even have to go. I just had to talk about going and get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have it right now. Jeez, I know it's uh, it's going around. Yeah, I already paid my dues. I'm getting over it now. Boy, it uh, mm. it just makes you weak. Yeah, and the medicine I was taking, I couldn't stay awake. I'd sit down in my chair and turn the TV on, just crash out. Couldn't stay awake. <laughs> Man, I just can't get over how nobody's fishing. Down here, Matagorda. I know it's, <laughs> it's everywhere. There's just not a lot of people fishing right now. I, I don't understand it. Last year, this time, I don't know. There'd be ten or twenty guys running trips every day, and it's just yeah. not happening. It's not happening. And these tides are so low. They were lower yet. They were lower yesterday than the. Yeah, they were low the yesterday. It was up this morning, though, when I came to work. It's bulled up, but, uh, you know, you got a good outgoing. Yeah. And plus, we got some west in the wind right now, south-southwest, a lot of southwest in it. That'll that'll drop them tides on outgoing. Yeah. But it's it's the same old thing, Mickey. Those fish are just in a few spots left. Right. I had a big, big problem yesterday with two boats. There were four boats out there, me, another guy, and two idiots. And uh, they just kept running. I just don't get it how people can be so stupid to run right through their fish, kill the engine, and drift right back where they just ran. Drift their prop wars, man. I've been watching that for 45 years now. Yeah. The only place I ever saw that work was at Sabine. On well, that yeah, south but you're in. But you're, on 10, you're in 10, 12, and 15 feet yeah. of water, too, you know, when you're propping all over the top of them yeah but man uh, you're getting four four to six feet of water and you prop over them they're going to slide over and you're going to make the same drift through your prop wars that's yeah, senseless just crazy makes no sense at all i've been watching it yeah. for years remember in the fall and in winter we'd get all them fish stacked up on my side over there from fishers beasleys and dows and everybody would do the drift thing with mirror lures and right They'd watch the guides pull off and go off the reef, go out around it, and then come around to the other side and stop and then drift through un, you know, undisturbed water and catching fish. And then instead of doing watching what the guides were doing, wagging, training back around and making drifts, they'd just drive right straight over the top of the reef and go back around and just cut it off and drift where they, and they're not catching anything, and they wonder why they're not getting them. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. I had to watch it firsthand yesterday. Horrible. <laughs> anyway, we still caught a few fish, but uh, could have been a lot better. Other than that, most people, uh, what few people are fishing, are targeting redfish that are 
you know, in holes and mm. throwing bait. But uh, I did see a really, really good catch come in from West Bay. I, five did guys you? came in, and uh, they were wading, and uh, they had half the damn table full of fish. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, and I heard, I've heard that all winter long, the duck hunters were doing that down there. You know, they get through duck hunting and get out and wade those guts and, and catch fish. As soon as I get some good waders, I'm going to have to go down there and take a look at that. But Yeah, that's a real casting blast there, buddy. Duck hunt in the morning. And put your ducks up, get your rod out. Hey, go to wade fishing. Yeah, Pretty good. they were doing it. They were doing it. but uh, Thin and foul. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, no, that's what that's what's going on over here. I'm just uh, just just can't believe there's so so few people fishing. I don't well, know what to do. Come out of the woodwork. Phones been ringing, so uh, people are uh, they're getting determined. Yeah, I guess they're all going to come out at one time. They will. I remember James last week? He said that one day he didn't know what it was. He thinks it must have been a corporate deal with a bunch of guys because he said. He hadn't seen a boat for days, and all of a sudden there was 20 or 30 of them out there running around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, all that corporate stuff will start here shortly. But yep. at least we got a few fish to catch over here. Just uh, well, get out you, and you heard down. anything when they're going to change these limits? No, I'm just, I don't understand that. I wish they'd do it before croaker season starts. Well, yeah, well, I mean, that was the purpose of it, is to get it done in the time frame they did to protect spawning fish through all the spawning season, you know, March through yeah. October. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows, yeah. Just, uh, I guess they're just going to throw it on us all at one time and, uh, it needs to happen, so just uh, hope they don't hold off till September. Need to get yeah. it done. Well, it and then I guess the purpose for all the emergency scoping meetings and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I keep hearing rumors that it's going to start in March, but I, I, I just uh, I don't think anything's written in stone yet. Um, yeah. That's it. Yeah. We're gonna get back out there today and try to do it, and, and hope them two damn by the boats ain't out there today. <laughs> Jesus, I swear, if I had a gun in a boat, I'd probably use it yesterday. <laughs> Might have done it. <laughs> Might have done it. Don't take your guns to town, boy. <laughs> like the song. Yeah. Le leave them in the truck. Don't take them in the boat. Yeah. Yeah, most of the shorelines are, are really off color because of these really low tides right now. Right. I wanted to wade with these guys today, but uh, I think I can do it out there drifting, catch them today. Uh, well. Have at it. You fit, you do did it. you fish this week? No, I was I was down, buddy. Oh, that's right. 
Today's the first day I felt good, and boy, it was killing me. Just I just didn't have the energy to. I didn't even want to hook my boat up to my truck. That's how weak I was. But I'm over it now. Today's the first day I felt good in four or five days. Yeah, I heard Lynn on the radio Sunday. He sounded oh, he horrible. sounded terrible. But I texted him yesterday to check on him, and he's he's doing better. So that's good. Yep. All right, Charlie. Well, good luck today. I hope you catch him up and uh, throw him out a number. Somebody wants to call you about booking a trip. Call me on my cell phone, 713-725-2401. Stay away from people. <laughs> yeah. Don't want the crud. All right, man. See you, buddy. All right. That's Captain Charlie Paradoski down in Matagorda. We're going to take our top-of-the-hour break or listen to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.